Welcome back, Seahawk Nation. This is Hawk Talk, where we talk all things South River High School sports. I'm your host, Tom Frank. You can find the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you catch your podcasts, as well as on Instagram at SRHawkTalk. We have a very interesting guest for you today. But first, big shout out to our boys soccer team who remain undefeated at 3-0 with a big 7-0 win against Huntingtown. Neil Coronado led the way with two goals and an assist. Field hockey is also undefeated at 2-0. The JV is 1-0. The girls soccer is 1-1-1, and then the JV is undefeated at 1-0. The volleyball uh, had a tough uh, loss to Northern uh, this past weekend, so they dropped to 0-1. The JV is undefeated at 1-0. And our football team lost a tough one to rival Broadneck, uh, so they dropped to 0-2. But special note, the uh, JV football team play on Monday night. So if you're listening to this before then, make sure to come out to the game. It's a 6 p.m. start. Your tickets from the varsity game will be accepted for the JV game. We come into the game at 1-0, and and it should be actually a really good one versus Broadneck. Both teams look good in their first games. Broadneck lost. Uh, the JV team won, but I think, it, I think they, they'll match up really well. Uh, concessions will be up and running. Uh, burgers, dogs, nachos. Support the Booster Club by stopping by and ordering your favorites. And lastly, I just need to say thanks again to all the listeners. So many of you reached out um, on the gram or in person with positive feedback. It is greatly appreciated. So let's continue to spread the word about Hawk Talk. So now, our special guest today is a legend in the South River football community. He uh, played for the namesake of our stadium, Coach uh, Joe Papetta, from 1984 to 1986, and was the first offensive lineman named um, Anne Arundel County Player of the Year by the Baltimore Sun. He was uh, named a Prep All-American by the Sporting News, played in the Big 33 All-Star Game, and was named Co-Player of the Decade by the the Arundel Sun. He then received a scholarship to the University of Maryland and became a three-year starter at center. This Edgewater native was named second-team All-Atlantic Coast Conference in 1991 and earned the Tommy Marcus Trophy at Maryland's most outstanding lineman that same year. He uh, went on to play five years in the Arena Football League, which I got to ask him about, uh, with the Albany Firebirds. He was a three-time Arena League All-Star as an offense and defensive lineman and had his number 76 uh, retired by the Albany following the conclusion of his career in 1997. Since retiring from professional football, he has dedicated his time to coaching, serving as an assistant coach at Annapolis, South River, and St. Mary's High Schools. It is my honor to welcome South River alum Mitch Supli to Hawk Talk. Thank you, Tom. I appreciate you having me. Oh, thank you for coming. That's quite a resume you got. Well, we're going to get into it. All right. We're awesome. going to get into it. Great. So I have a tradition now. I like to, I like to start with each guest uh, with, I need to give, you need to give me three things that the South River community might not know about Mitch that makes Mitch Mitch. All right. Uh, number one, when I was in high school, uh, senior year, I lived on a houseboat all by myself. My friends know that. A houseboat. Uh, coaches know that. Um, <laughs> the general community may not know that. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, that's the first thing. Okay. Um, second thing. Um, when I was a, a rising freshman, I lived in Annapolis, Galesville, um, and Edgewater. So kind of transient, uh, couch surfer. So I could have gone to Southern high school. I could have gone to Annapolis high school and I could have gone to South river high school. I chose mm. to make it work to go to South river high school because I wanted to play for Joe Papetti because he had a long lineage of players going to college. And at that time, South river was, was Pretty new, right? I mean, that was a they, well, they we started with the 70, 70 yeah, 79? We opened in 78. 78, um, okay. 78. 
Uh, I like to say we've been kicking tail since 1978. <laughs> um, yeah, my first year was 83. So the high, school okay. was, the high school was new, but they had a track record. Um, and I tell people all the time, our 83 team, 7-3, and three, was probably the best South River team that there ever was. Wow. And we lost in the state finals in 84. Okay. But those guys in 83, they played a nationally ranked schedule. So they lost to Loyola by a couple points. They lost to McDonough from Charles County. Oh, yeah. And then and we lost to Randallstown. So Randallstown and Loyola were both ESPN top 25 teams. Wow. So not too many public schools play a challenging schedule like that. Not at all. But um, you know, I, my hat's off to those 83 guys, which was my freshman year, and I played on a junior varsity. Okay, so it was your freshman. I'm going to get into that. That mm-hmm. was your freshman year you guys played for the state championship. No, my right? sophomore no, year. Your sophomore year yep. in 84. Okay. Yes, 84, yeah. You got one more thing for um, me. Last thing. I've got uh, three daughters, and none of them, unfortunately, went to South River. None of them went to South River? Where'd no. they go? One, well, they started out at Bullis in okay. Potomac, and we live in um, southern Anne Arundel County, so it was a long trip. Um, those those girls went there for two years, and then my oldest one, she... the. My oldest one and my middle one transferred to St. Mary's. My oldest graduated from St. Mary's, and my two younger ones graduated from Southern. So they're Bulldogs, which um, is uh, uh, a point of contention with my South River, <laughs> I'm South sure River uh, people. I'm sure it is. But I'm a Seahawk through and through. So don't ever, don't ever doubt my loyalty or where my allegiance lies. We'll, we'll never doubt you. Yeah. Um, all right. So I want to start with you because you, you brought it up. I want to get a little history for our students who are listening, right? Sure. So. You were at South River in the mid '80s, and you, as you said, you played for Coach Papetta. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think a lot of people don't even realize when they walk into that stadium, it, it is named after Coach Papetta. Um, t- tell me a little bit about him. Well, they sh- they should know. Yeah, um, you know the one thing about history these days, and I don't want to get up on a soapbox, but um, a lot of times, if it didn't happen five minutes ago, it doesn't exist. Yeah, and that's why um, people like myself who coached at South River, um, you know, we would. I would tell the kids about Coach Papetti, what we did, how he built the program, how we conducted ourselves. So uh, Coach Papetti, number one, um, he played at West Virginia in the 50s with Sam Huff and those kind oh, of guys. wow. Was, I didn't realize that. Yeah. He was hard-nosed, um, you know, but for an injury, he would have played in the NFL also. Um, but he was all business, great coach, um, surround himself with other great coaches, and um, it was um, good wasn't good enough. We had to be perfect. So it was nothing yeah. for us to run the same play 20 times in practice <laughs> be, until it was perfect. Yeah. And I'm, I'm talking about a six-inch step here, a six-inch step there. It had to be perfect. And we didn't run very many plays. Our playbook wasn't 700 pages. Yeah. We weren't fancy. But um, we ran about the same five plays over and over and over again. The defense knew. The other teams knew what we were going to run. They just couldn't stop it <laughs> because we were good, number yeah. one. And number two, we had it down to perfection. Yeah. So and he had a good long career here, right? Oh yeah, I mean, absolutely. How many yeah. years did he coach? Well, he was here from um, he opened the school, so the first year seventy nine, probably ten years. Ten years, okay. Um, yeah, and then they lost to when I left in eighty six was my last football season. I graduated in the spring of eighty seven. Obviously, mm-hmm. um, we had never lost to Southern High School, and then the next year they lost to Southern. And I think he thought, you know, it's uh, I'm not doing this. Yeah. We, don't, we don't lose to them. We don't lose to them. <laughs> yeah, that's not. Um, and and I'll say that my hats off to Southern because every time we played them. We were more talented than they were, yeah. but they always brought it. And that was the big rival. I and mean, it was a rock fight. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. When I coached at South River, we had kids from Bywater, okay? We had kids from Bywater that played at South River. Crofton, we didn't have any kids from Crofton back then. Yeah. So when I coached at South River, Bywater went away, but we had kids from Crofton. And I used to try and tell our players, I'm like, listen, I want you guys to understand something. Arundel's not your rival. 
They don't give two hoots about you. <laughs> the people that want to kick your tail are the Southern guys. Yeah. If, if you ask them at the beginning of the season, if you can only win one game, which game is it going to be? They're like South River. Yeah. So we've we've sort of lost sight of that. We ha- It has. I mean, I guess the schools have, have both changed. I mean, right. so, you know, South River obviously got much bigger. It's gotten a little smaller now. But, uh, yeah, it seems to have changed. It seems like Broadneck and some of these other schools have come up and become well, more of that, that rival. It was always good beating them, too. Yeah. So we were um, in 86. Our team was on the first um, WNAV uh, football game of the week okay. against Broadneck on Halloween night. Okay. And we beat them 19 to 14, <laughs> and we ran for about 250 yards. Once again, they knew it was coming. They yeah. just couldn't stop it. And we, took, we took a lot of pride in that. We, we didn't throw the ball hardly ever. Yeah. We had a quarterback uh, my senior year. 10th grader named John Kaleo. So John went on to play at um, Maryland. Okay. He, he won the um, – well, first off, let me back up. He won the Junior College Heisman Trophy and then went to Maryland. And then he was the MVP of the Blue-Gray All-Star Game, um, played in Canada, played in the Arena League. Johnny was about 125 pounds in. He was just a, he was just a baby. Yeah. And um, Coach Papetti wouldn't let him throw the ball, but we ran it. We ran it. We ran it. <laughs> Turned around and handed it off. Exactly. And then behind this big offensive well, line. Yeah. And, and our, our line coach was a guy named Jim Henney. Yeah. And he taught math by day and he taught line play by night. And he was an angry man. So, <laughs> and once again, it wasn't good enough until it was perfect. Yeah. And uh, Coach Henney was, he's a big part of my success. He taught me, him and Coach Papetti and, and Coach Dunn, who I played basketball for at South River, um, taught me how to compete. Yeah. Wow, you put a burr under your saddle, man, and you get you get nice and ornery. Yeah, and uh, it's not it's not hard to to uh, do what you have to do when you're when you're angry all the time. So, how have you seen things change? Have you been up Have you been up to South River in a while? I, mean, I have I- not. I'm, I'm good friends with Steve Erksleben. Yeah, um, I coached for him at South River from 2005 to 2010. He and I were at St. Mary's together after okay. that. Okay, um, I love Coach Erksleben. I just haven't um, haven't had a whole lot of time to get up there. I, yeah. Uh, I wanted to go to the Broadneck game this Friday, but we had a wedding out of town and things of that nature. So I'm going to get up there one of these days and see. And you mentioned the JV game. Yeah. I love watching JV football. Yeah. Um, because those are the, that's the future that's of the our future. program. Yeah. And those are the most important kids in the program to coach. And, and I coached for a long time. I'll be the first one to admit I can never, I could never coach JV football because I don't have the patience to do it. <laughs> you need your, you need your most patient people. To coach those kids. Yeah. You don't need somebody who's worried about winning today or whatever. You need patient people that just make sure that the, A, the kids have a good time, B, they learn something, and C, they're coming back next year. Yeah. Because I've learned a long time ago that when, when a, what a kid is as a freshman is not necessarily what he's going to be as a senior, mm-hmm. good or bad. Yeah. I've seen it both ways. So when I was coaching at South River, I would tell the JV coaches, I'm like, listen, before you cut any linemen, I said, let me evaluate them first, especially with big kids who in pound ball, they'd never really played. Yeah. So they didn't have an opportunity to play. So, you know, you have, you see a puppy and a puppy's got real big feet. You know that one day that puppy's going to be a big dog. Yeah. Let's not, let's not give up on him so soon. So kids mature at different rates. So we need to be careful about, um, you know, how we develop them and giving them a chance. Yeah. I I couldn't agree more with that. I I spent the last couple of years uh, coaching in the youth league Mm -hmm. and watching a lot of this team that is the JV team now work their way up. And some of those kids from that first year before they ever got hit, which is, which changes everything. Sure. um, They just dramatic changes. And this team, if you ever do want to come out for a game, they're a good team. They got, they got, they got, they got some fight in them um, and they're, they're a good team. So that'll be a fun game. Yeah. I know. I know. I know Les Cox. Yeah. um, Les was a freshman. My first year of coaching was 1992. Um, I was just out of um, just out of college. 
I graduated, I played arena league, uh, arena football that uh, spring and summer. And uh, the coaches from South River, Dave Summy, mm-hmm. he reached out to me. He said, "Hey, would you would you want to work with us?" I said, "Heck yeah, I would." So I came there and I coached with Coach Summy. Coach Henny was the line coach when I played. He was still a line coach. Still there. there. I said, "Listen." I said, I'm not trying to usurp anybody, take anybody's job, whatever. I just want to learn. So if you want me to set up the drills, set up the field, haul the water, whatever you need me to do, I'm here to do because I want to learn this. And just because you are a player doesn't mean you're going to be a good coach. There are two vastly different things. So, you know, basically I started at the ground up just like I did as a player and they built me as a coach. So, yeah, I uh, I owe my life to South River, really. So, and we should say special thanks uh, to Les. He's the one yeah. who introduced us. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm going to I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come after Les for a minute. I think he did it because I tried to get him on, and he said, "Oh, oh, oh I don't do that. I don't do that. I got a guy for you." He could so, do it. He <laughs> could do it. Les was Les was a freshman when I coached there in '92, and he was he was excellent. Yeah, he was excellent. I said, "Man, I don't know who this kid is." And back then, um, freshmen really didn't play on the varsity very often. Yeah, it was a kind of a unicorn type thing. Where now, you know, kids are more developed. They have trainers. They work all year round. They, yeah. they're, they're Different not, world. Yeah, they're not shocked when they walk in there. But in the 80s and early 90s, I mean, especially kids who really hadn't played much um, rec ball because they were too heavy or what have yeah. you, they're just, they just weren't ready. Well, and and, then, and I, mean, I wasn't the, ready. The rec leagues were not anything what they were today. Right, I mean, these exactly. kids are playing year round yeah. at this point. Yeah. yeah. So as I mentioned in the opening, you were named Anne Arundel County Player of the Year, your senior year, and you went on to play at Maryland. Yes. Tell me a little bit about that whole process, because um, we do have a lot of kids who are in the midst of potentially being recruited, who might want to play in the, at the next level. What was that experience like for you? Well, it was different in that there was no huddle back then. Um, South River was a small school. Um, we had I was the last of six Division One linemen in a row. So colleges knew when they wanted an offensive or defensive lineman. They were coming to, to South, South River. River. Oh, okay. they, would, they would come and they would yeah. say, basically, who do you have? Well, I either have somebody this year or I've got somebody next year. And then the other part of recruiting is when college coaches go into schools, they say, Coach, who do you have? you have anybody that can help us? No, I don't. Is there anybody that you played against that has somebody that can help us? Oh, yeah. There's a kid down the road at South River or there's uh, a kid okay. down the road here or there. That's how they get on the yeah. set. So um, I had about 45 offers, um, which for a small school – um, 45 45 that's I mean, a lot I don't of know. offers yeah i mean but it wasn't like it was today where you know kids are tweeting it out and all this kind yeah. of stuff I'm blessed to be offered by blah 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 yeah. it wasn't like you see that a lot then. of that yeah it wasn't like that then it was different um but you know i was i was blessed to be able to because i never could have been afforded to go to college mm-hmm. if i couldn't play football um i wouldn't have gone to college i would have gone to the military yeah so i would have gone to the navy like every other male member of my family but i was just good at football and um, I had guys who took the time to develop me because they saw something. They polished that, you know, lump of coal until yeah. it became a diamond. That's basically what it was because I was god awful as a freshman, <laughs> and um, I had two left feet. And our line coach, matter of fact, Jim Henney, told me one time. He said, "You're not very good. I'm a freshman. You're, <laughs> yeah. not, you're not very good. But there's something about you. You get on that bike, and I lived in Galesville in okay. a tent in the woods. Yeah. So we were basically homeless, right? So yeah. I got on a bike and I rode the bike every day from Galesville to South River." Wow. And I rode home every day. And it was important to me because yeah. I wanted to be there. I didn't want to go to Southern and I didn't want to go to Annapolis. So it was important to me to be at South River and I made sure it happened. And yeah. that's why when I coached, you know, kids were like, why well, didn't have a ride? Did you call me? Because I'm not, you know, I'm, I can come pick you up. Yeah. And if you don't have a bike, then steal one. Get here somehow, <laughs> man. Come on. So yeah, it's, it, either it's, it, either it's, I live this way in athletics and in life. Either it's important to you. And you're going to and find, find a way to get a way. it done, yeah. or it's not important to you, and you're going to make a bunch of excuses. 
And yeah. that's it. Very simple. That's uh, yes. Very simple. Very simple. So wait a minute. I want to get back to this 45 offers. Yeah. What, uh, wh- why Maryland? Well, um, it, for me, it came down to Maryland, Syracuse and Georgia. No Virginia Tech in there? And, uh, I'm a hokey. No no Virginia Tech. Right. Um, I don't know why. I mean, my, my grades weren't great. Yeah. My test scores weren't great. But because I could play football, you know, some people could work with that. Yeah. Um, Maryland, Syracuse, and Georgia. A couple days before signing day, my mother said, so what's it going to be? Now, she had let me believe the whole time it was my decision. She really wasn't, <laughs> she really wasn't involved in my recruitment um, yeah. to, to any great extent like parents would be now. Yeah. Um, so I told her, I said, I want to go to Syracuse. She's like, what? So she thought it was going to be Maryland the whole time. Bobby Ross was the coach. She loved Bobby Ross. Bobby Ross loved her, all that kind of stuff. Bobby Ross was a great recruiter. He could talk about anything, chandeliers, carpet, whatever you want to talk about, that guy could talk about Bobby Ross could talk about it. Bobby Ross was great. (laughs) That's great. So my mother said, well, Syracuse, well, I really do look better in red than I do in orange. I'm like, why didn't you say this before? You could have saved me a lot of heartache. Yeah. So- um, who was the coach at Syracuse at that Dick point? Dick McPherson. Oh, okay. And okay. the guy who recruited this area was a guy named Ivan Fears. And Ivan Fears, to me, at that time in 86 and the, the early winter of 87, he seemed like he was about 70 years old then. Yeah. He just retired from Bill Belichick's staff last year. Oh, wow. So Ivan wow. Fears, I mean, he, he must have coached into his 70s easy. Yeah. And, if um, not more. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I, love, I love Syracuse, but I love Maryland. I was a home state kid and um, – um, I'm glad I made the decision. I did yeah. Now that's two different routes, right? Because Maryland, ACC, Syracuse back in the '80s, that they were they were playing all those uh, those Eastern schools. Yeah, they Penn were an State, independent. They were an they independent were, they were with independent Penn State, Pitt, yeah. all of those. Yeah, and then they yeah. went to the Big East. Yeah. Um, you know, probably about halfway through my college career, but oh, okay. And um, yeah, so those were, and then Georgia was Georgia was third, and and you know we were Georgia would have been a great school. It would have been great. They, they weren't they weren't awesome back then. They had just come off that national championship, yeah. and Vince Dooley was kind of on his way out in the late eighties and early nineties. Yeah, and um, um, that would have been great, but uh, it was too far from home. So, you know, I, I there was a book called Meat on the Hoof, and um, it basically details um what happens to high school hotshot recruits that go to college that can't play, yeah, and how they get that scholarship back. So I'm like, man. College Park, to me, it seemed like it was on the face of the moon from Edgewater. You know, a yeah. kid with a broken down 10-speed bike. Georgia. Yeah, that, that's a long walk, man. Yeah, it's a long, that's, that's it's a long, long bike ride. That's yeah. a long bike ride back <laughs> yeah. from Georgia. So if I go down there and I'm not very good and they yeah. run you out of town, that's a long walk home. Yeah. And one of your buddies isn't going to come pick you up. No, so, no. Um, you know, it's basically uh, when I went to college, it was they throw you into the deep end of the pool and you're either going to be able to s- swim or you're going to sink. Yeah. And there is no hand-holding. There's no baby. In Different you know, experience in high stuff. school. Yeah. Either you can play or you can't. Yeah. And if you can play, we're going to keep you around. If you can't play, we're going to find a way to get you out of here. Ah. And a lot of kids don't realize that. And I've had three daughters play Division One lacrosse. And um, you know, I've told them that. I said, this it's a business now. It's not high school anymore. Yeah. Um, when Changes. You, when you yeah. go there, you better be in shape. You better be ready to play. And you better be the first one in line in every drill. And we will be right back. Hawk Talk is recorded live from Chad's Barbecue in Edgewater, Maryland. Since 2013, Chad's Barbecue has been delighting visitors with great food, fun atmosphere, and excellent customer service. Swing by and tell Chad you love Hawk Talk for a chance to win an official Hawk Talk t-shirt. We'll be giving away one t-shirt each week on the show for anyone who gave their name to Chad. And now, back to the show. 
So you're at the University of Maryland. Yep. Tell me some crazy experiences. Where, where's, the, where's the craziest place you played? I mean, Maryland had a good schedule back then. I mean, oh, yeah. they, they were all over the country. We, um, we didn't play. It's funny. You know, Maryland opened up uh, last week against Buffalo. Right? Yeah. So Buffalo would be what you would call the old Division One AA schools. Yeah. Um, when I was a player, um, we only played one Division One AA opponent, and that was Western Michigan. Okay. Once. Yeah. But usually it was, you know, Michigan, uh, Miami. All those kind of, you know, we, you we played, played Penn State back oh, yeah, all, all those the time. years. Because yeah. I, I grew up in State College, Pennsylvania, and I, I never missed a game, including yeah. when you were probably there. So yeah. I, I probably saw you at least twice yeah. up, up in uh, State College. Oh, they were real nice to you, man. <laughs> they, they bring you up there real nice to you, you know, kind of smack you around a little bit. Well, you give played, you, nice, you played a nice some box lunch and you, then send you on your way. You played some good teams at Penn State I mean, in the 80s. That, that's two national championships. Well, in 89, up there. I was on yeah. the first Maryland team in like 30 something years not to lose to Penn State. We oh, tied okay. them 13 to 13 in Baltimore. Okay. Yeah. I think, yeah. I, matter of fact, I think my parents were at that game yeah. because I can remember that. You're right. It was the first time in, in what, 30 years. Oh, yeah. And then I don't think they even tied them. They didn't beat them. I think they beat them probably another 10, 20 years after that. Oh, I mean, it was a it long was 20, time. Yeah, it's a yeah. long time. Yeah. And it, a lot of those games were close. Um, a couple points one way or the other. But yeah. it's just like one of those deals where you just can't get the, for whatever reason, you can't get that monkey off your back. Yeah. And when we tied them 13 to 13, um, we probably should have kicked a field goal to win it, and we didn't, and uh, played it safe. And, <laughs> you know, you can second guess and, you know, Monday morning quarterback everything, and that's not my job. I'm not the coach. I'm just an employee. Wait a minute. So you – wait a minute. You could have kicked a field goal to win it, but what did you guys do instead? I do think instead? so. We, we, you know, ran some – my memory's fuzzy on that. There's a lot of things I remember, but <laughs> but we had a chance to win that thing, and, and we didn't Yeah. for, for whatever reason. So um, – but the most – you asked them – the most – my favorite place to play and the most intimidating place to play was Clemson. Oh, because that stadium goes straight up and down. Yeah. And those people are right on top of you. Yeah. Like when you play at Michigan, Michigan's a bowl and it goes out and they're not really, I mean, it's loud because there's a lot of people. Yeah. But Clemson's 85,000, but they're right on top of you. Yeah. And, and it is loud in there. You can't hear yourself. You and I are having a conversation here. If we're sitting next to each other on the bench, you couldn't hear me. Clemson, huh? hear you. Clemson. Valley. Yeah. Clemson and the most brutal fans back in the old ACC was NC State. Okay. Because those people were right behind the bench, and you better hope you get in the game. Because if you don't, they're just on you. Oh, they're on you. Game. Yeah. <laughs> how about brutal. how about the biggest win? Biggest win for you in your career? Um, uh, definitely beating Virginia. Yeah. You know, my my junior year, we were um, five and five. Last game, you know, our coach, Coach Joe Krivak, was probably going to be fired. Virginia was number eight in the country. Last game of the season, we go down there and beat them 35 to 30. Oh, that would be great. That was awesome. Yeah. That was awesome. So back to the Southern high school thing, right? Yeah. If you can only win one game a year, which one's it going to be? Virginia. For us, for me, man, it's Virginia. (laughs) Both in basketball and in football. A hundred times out of a hundred, if we can only win one game, boom. So my senior year, we were two and nine. We opened up at home against Virginia. We beat them. Yeah. They're nationally ranked. We beat them. Injuries killed us. You know, at Maryland back then- I came into Maryland right on the heels of Len Bias dying. Oh, so Len Bias yeah, died right. in June of my rising senior year. So we had just finished school for the year. Yeah. Right? I'm working construction at Fort Meade. And this guy comes up to me and he says, you hear what happened? I said, what? He said, Len Bias died today. I said, get the heck out of here. So Len Bias passed and everything at Maryland changed. Yeah. 
for those who don't remember, I mean that that was that I mean that was huge. That was I mean that that devastated that whole area. I mean the whole yeah. country kind of was just in shock of that. In, in shock, and it really devastated Maryland's athletic program. For, Not only the basketball yeah. program, but football and just about everything else too. So wow. everything changed, and and you know Maryland was kind of a a different place for a while after that. And some would say that we're just starting to recover now from that because you know Maryland. 83, 84, 85, they won 19 ACC games in a row. I, I didn't they, they realize were, They that, were no. the kings of the conference. Okay. So they were the kings of the conference. So when I was being recruited by Maryland and Syracuse, Dick McPherson at Syracuse said, you know, why Maryland? And I said, well, coach, I said, no disrespect, but I remember the beating that Maryland put on you guys in the Cherry Bowl last year. <laughs> he goes, son, that was last year. He said, both of our teams are right here. And I know this is radio, so I have my hands even, yeah. kind of like the scales of justice. Both of our teams are right here. One's going to go like this, and the other one's going to go like that. He said, it's up to you to decide which one's which. Yeah. So, And he was kind of right. He was right. Yeah, he was right. So yeah. we, we, we hit some hard times, and um, Syracuse went on to uh, basically contend for a national championship in the time that, that I would have yeah. been there. But, yeah. you know, no, no second guessing. My, my friends and family got to see me play. My buddies always say, they tell my wife, who was a Siena College graduate, she didn't know me in college, but they're like, you know what the cool thing about him was? He always brought us along with him. Yeah. So every party that every you were right party, there. That's yeah, cool. it was great. Yeah. You know, is- my friends had you know football gear, and I'd get the equipment managers to get them shoes and all this kind of stuff. So the football players had distinct shoes. Yeah. So you'd go to the bar and you have these Adidas turf shoes on. We were in Adidas school back then. <laughs> you were wearing the Adidas turf shoes, and people were like, "Oh, you're a player." And a lot of my buddies are smaller. Like, yeah, I'm a kicker. So <laughs> go with yeah. the kicker. That's exactly. that's what yeah. I always went exactly. with. Yeah. So. All right, so you went on to play in the Arena League, but before you went there, did you ever have a chance to play in the NFL? Well, I mean, I don't know what you define as a chance. I worked out for 26 different teams. Oh, that's a chance. All right, wasn't good enough. So the best best opportunity I think I had was with the Redskins. Okay. Um, They had some long snapper problems. So not only was I a center, but I was a a long snapper also. That kind of came by default. Yeah. Um, And that's another story that dates back to South River. But um, the Redskins had a punt blocked on Monday night. They were playing at the Eagles, Richie Pettibone's first year and only okay. year as the head coach. They had a punt, it was Dallas. They had a punt blocked. The next day, I called the football offices at um, Redskin Park and I said, May I speak with Wayne Severe? Wayne Severe was the special teams coach. Well, I got right through, which is amazing. Amazing, right? <laughs> yeah. I got right through. They didn't ask who I was. They didn't ask anything. Yeah. I said, Coach, I said, My name's Mitch Suplee. I can help you. He, I said, If you have any qual- doubts about my qualifications, call Joe Krivak. He lives in Bowie. He'll be happy to tell you. And I said, I don't want anything from you. I don't want a contract. I don't want anything. Either I can help you or I can't. I'll meet you in a park. I'll meet you in a parking lot. Doesn't matter. Wherever you want to meet, I'll meet and show you. So they had me out to Redskin Park, about 45 minutes. Yeah. A long snap, everything else. They're like, we're bringing you to minicamp. So we, they just signed a guy named Guy Bingham from Philadelphia. Okay. And, um, they were, we're going to bring you to minicamp. Well, they get fired. So I'm in the Arena League. Um, you know, I had a bunch of other opportunities. At the end of the day, it's all garbage. Either you're good enough or you're not. Yeah. So I hear people talking all the time. This guy's this. This guy's that. You know, talk about the NBA, right? This guy's terrible. The last guy on the last seat on the bench on the worst team in the NBA is better than anybody walking the street. Absolutely. You know why? Because every Tuesday he's getting a check, and the people that are <laughs> yeah. on the street running their yeah, mouth, they're not. Yeah. So yeah, I had some chances. I could have played in Canada. I got paid very well in the Arena League. I would have had to take a pay cut. Yeah. I, and my my girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife, she's like, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. What are you going to go to that league for and take less money? 
doesn't make any sense. Hey, you Why? got you got to you got to get paid to play. Oh, it was awesome. I mean, that, that's the dream, right? Loved it. And you know, yeah. the cool the cool thing was in the arena league. You know, you played offense, defense, and special teams. So you played both ways. Yeah, both ways. And have you, have, had you ever played defense before? Well, I mean, I, I played defense in high school. Okay, I wasn't much of a defensive lineman. Um, basically, our our line coach, Coach Henny, he's like. Listen, I don't care where they run the ball. They're not running it right here. So I wasn't we, – we weren't getting up the field. We weren't like the Warren Sapp disruptors making yeah. plays. We're going to knock you back. We're going to reset your shoulder pads, knock you back a yard. And if my face mask is supposed to be in the B gap or the C gap, that's where it's going to be. <laughs> and there, there is no – there's no freelancing, nothing. It was 11 pieces fit together. Yeah. So we, we didn't have hero ball or anything like that. And then on defense, when you have people doing their own thing, it creates gaps and seams. And when you do that – um, you know, coaches get fired or players, you know, get clipboards busted over their heads. So I wasn't much of a defensive player, but in the arena league, I got to rush the passer. So that was in, probably, that was probably fun. It's cool. In my five years, um, I sacked Jay, Jay Gruden twice. He hated <laughs> right. that. Yeah. Um, sacked him twice. A guy named Arch Leister. I got him. Arch Leister was a, a great quarterback at Ohio State. First round NFL draft pick. Had he not had gambling issues and everything else, he probably would have been an NFL Hall of Famer, but his, Career was sidetracked, but the Arena League was one of those places where either you're on the way up or you're on the way down. Yeah. You know, it's kind of, um, you know, when I went there for my first training camp, I was the only guy in camp with no pro experience. Hmm. So I, I got my expectations really quickly that this is no joke. Yeah. Um, you better, because you go walk in there and like, I know that guy. I've seen that guy before. That guy's got a Super Bowl ring. There's only so many jobs yeah. in the NFL. I mean, there's 1,800 guys playing in the NFL right now. That's it, 1,800. Now that they've expanded practice squad, maybe 1,900 or 2,000. But you think in a country of 330 million people, 2,000 people have jobs, you have to have other leagues to develop talent or for guys to play. Yeah. So, yeah, I um, I really enjoyed it. Played there for five years. Um, it's a little different, though. What what, what would you find – would you find – most different about it or unique or what, what was, I mean, cause you know, it's arena. It's a, they, they have a couple different rules. A couple oh different yeah. Hits. I mean, it, it's fast paced. So in the outdoor game, if you're the backside end or the backside tackle, you're not making a play clear across the field yeah. unless that guy cuts back. But in the arena league, everything is cut in half. So the outdoor field is 53 yards wide. This field is 27 yards wide. You know, yeah, same, same thing. It's 50, yeah. I mean, you're never out of a play. So if you hustle and you, um, if you want to make a play, you can make a play, yeah. which is really cool. And um, the other thing is, you know, a lot of starters in college, they don't play special teams. I did because I was a long snapper. Although yeah. I tried to bequeath that job to somebody else. And <laughs> I never could, you know, find, you know, I could never train my replacement good enough to, you know, get off that duty. Um, so um, you're on the field all the time. Yeah. Kick return, kick off, you know, all that kind of stuff, which you would never do in college. And how many how many games a year? They, uh, they 14, 15 in okay. the playoffs. Okay. So, yeah, it was it was good, man. It was um, – the season would start, you know, like in April. We'd go to training camp, and it would go all the way through August. And, uh, you know, I played in Albany, which, um, you know, in, the, in the, that town, there's not really a whole lot else to do. So yeah. when we're good, you know, the stadium's 15,000 people, we'd pack it. Ah, that was cool. like the only game in town. We'd pack it and, you know – to them, we were like their NFL team, and they treated us like like royalty. Yeah, it was great, great experience. Though. Yeah, yeah. Good. So, what what are you up to now? Uh, my wife and I have a um, a small construction business. We do okay. a lot of government work, and um, um, you know, we are parents to our kids. Which, you know, like I said, you know, I have three of them that play Division One lacrosse: one at Jacksonville, one at Penn State, and then one at Duquesne. Um, you know, we invested. So a lot you of, let one go to Penn State. Well, she did. It came out <laughs> between Maryland and Penn State. And in hindsight, 
um, you know, I should have made her go to Maryland because she wound up transferring. She was a three-year starter did. at Penn State and um, on the tour, Tom watch list and everything else, but got tired of the team culture there and mm. transferred. So she's now at High Point playing her last year. Uh, okay. So, you know, all, all good. Yeah. She's, she's going to get a degree, which is the know, most important exactly. thing. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, having our own business has allowed us to be involved in our kids' lives where, you know, if I want to take off on a Wednesday to go watch, you know, them play James Madison, Harrisonburg, Virginia, I can do it. That's cool. I might have to work Saturday or Sunday to make up for it, but I don't have you a You have boss. that freedom now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that that's why I did it. So I'm going to ask you two more things. Sure. Um, advice. What advice would you give to this football team right now? You, As you know, they're struggling a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, but, you know, they, they got a great coach, good yep. coaching staff. I, I think they'll, they'll turn things around, but what's your advice to those kids? Well, my advice is very simple. Let's not look at the big picture. Let's, let's break this thing down to its most smallest component. Let's try and get 1% better every single day. If we can do that, by the end of the season, we'll be playing really good football. And notice I say we every time I talk about South River, because yeah. when you cut me, I bleed Seahawk blue. I'm not a white guy or a black guy or whatever. I'm a Seahawk guy, right? So if we get 1% better every day, when when the when the smoke clears at the end of the season, I really think that we'll be there um, ready to make a playoff push. Good. Good to hear. And and how about advice for all these – we have a lot of student athletes who are yep. listening. And they all uh, – you know, what a great thing to be able to go play at the next level. Mm-hmm. What advice would you give for them who or those kids who are maybe on the bubble or, 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 you know, what, what can, what can they do to kind of push that next step forward? Well, as you know, I coached for a long time and my belief was if you want to play sports in college, no matter what sport it is, there's a college for you. There's some place out there that'll, that's a good fit for you. Now it might not be USC or Notre Dame, like mm-hmm. mommy thinks you can play at or daddy <laughs> thinks you can play at, but there's a school out there and the coach's job regardless of the sport, is to find you that fit and help you and be realistic with that. Now, that being said, you have to understand what it is you're getting into. College sports is a job. It's not easy anymore. It's not a three-month season or whatever. It's a a 365-day-a-year commitment. And if you're not willing to do that and the things that it takes to do that, which include getting up for 5 a.m. workouts and all that kind of stuff, um, you you know, don't don't do it. Find something else you want to do. But if you're really committed – and you want to play sports in college, there's an avenue for you. And as a father of three daughters who played, you know, college sports, you know, we're we're an upper middle class family. I couldn't have afforded to send my kids to college. No way. With what college costs today? No yeah. way. But with the financial aid that they can give you based on your academics and your athletics and they can mix them and all that kind of stuff, it becomes very affordable um, if you want to play. So I, I told my kids, I'm like, treat this like it's a job. Some days it's going to be great. Some days it's not. But you're getting paid a handsome salary to do it. Mm-hmm. And when you're done, you can put on your resume that you were a Division One college athlete or you were a Division Three college athlete or whatever. And whoever's interviewing you, most of them. That makes a big deal. Yeah, it's, it's, absolutely it's huge. Yeah. It's huge because you're separating yourself from the pack. Yeah. And in life, all you want to do, same thing in sports, you want to have something that separates you from everybody else. What's that going to be? And if you can put on your resume that you are a college athlete, well, the employer automatically knows that you know how to work in a team environment, you know how to overcome obstacles, you know how to prioritize things, and you know how to get things done. So, you know, it's, it's a huge jump start in life, yeah. really, if, if you want to do it, if you're committed to it. That's great advice. Great advice. Hopefully everybody's listening up there. All right, Mitch, I'm going to run through some of the, the big activities we got coming up this week yep. and before I let you go. But uh, a lot of action coming up. We have a volleyball game at Atherton. 
And then, as I said, and I hope maybe you'll stop by, we have the JV football game, 6 o'clock at Broadneck on Monday night. Tuesday, we got soccer versus Northeast, field hockey versus uh, Centennial. Wednesday, we have golf at Crofton. Thursday, soccer at North County, volleyball at Huntingtown, field hockey versus Crofton. That's a big game for them. And then Friday, we're back at it. Uh, the, the Both the varsity and the JV will play at Glen Burnie football. And then we end the week with cross country at Bull Run. So all tickets can be found at the GoFan for volleyball, soccer, and football. And remember, if you had a football ticket from the varsity game on Friday, you can get use that same ticket to get in uh, this Monday night to watch the JV team. So Mitch, thanks. I mean, that was awesome. Uh, was just, just, just hearing a little bit about your experience at South River, the fact that you're, you're still, you know, you consider yourself uh, bleeding South River blue. I mean, that, that's great. Once a, once a Seahawk, always a Seahawk. So. Always have, always will. Um, you know, I still have some some South River stuff that I wear. Matter of fact, I should have worn some South River stuff today. No, nobody can see us. So yeah. I'll tell them you had some yeah, South yeah, River you stuff. Yeah, you can do on. that. <laughs> but, um, you know, I'm, I'm proud to um, have gone to school at 214 Central Avenue East. <laughs> There's the address. That's it, man. I remember uh, it. All right. Well, thank you again. Thank that, you. That's Mitch Suplee. Uh, I'm Tom Frank, and thank you for listening to Hawk Talk. Don't forget to contact me through Instagram at srhawktalk. Subscribe to the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts, and please spread the word, Seahawk Nation. Until next week, I'll leave you with this cheer from our South River cheer team, and go Seahawks. Bye!